This is uh, Joshua Bell with the Kilt and the Cloth and my Tuesday morning Bible study as we continue with the resurrection stories. Comparison really is what it is uh, from the gospel messages as we continue on in the gospel of Mark and actually we'll be concluding the gospel of Mark today. And uh, we'll have some discussion about Matthew and Mark and then the recording will stop. Um, so. All of this has led up to this moment of Jesus's death, uh, his resurrection. In the Gospel of Mark, there is a lot more detail on the crucifixion of Jesus and his death. Um, there is a lot more detail about how Jesus is being handed over to Pilate, Matthew, well, we'll talk about that at the end. But basically, Mark has spent a lot of time preparing us for this moment. Remember, remember the audience. The, the audience that's hearing this is um, trying to piece together a lot of trauma. And I, and I think that that's important to comment on. Um. You know, I, I've, I've used this in sermons before that when we talk about Jesus appearing after his resurrection, that this is compared to people seeing people that they love in faces, people that have passed on before us in faces of unrecognizable strangers, right? Like you, you see them as you're walking down the street, just, it just kind of happens, um, now, obviously, that's not what we believe, right? When it comes to Jesus, I, I, I'm, I'm wanting you to recognize that in trauma and grief, that is a real thing that we see this moment. The only reason I'm spending any time on this is, is that when I was in a class with Dr. Tausig, he wrote a whole book on how the Gospel of Mark was written in the aspect of grief and trauma. And pain. And so there's some very visceral images that come from Jesus's death that the audience of the time would have been paying attention to. Um, they literally watched their temple be destroyed in front of them. And they were helpless. They, they couldn't do anything about it. I mean, they could. They could rise up and then ultimately get slaughtered, right? They by the time that the gospel of Mark is being written and, and most scholars believe it was a little before and a little after the destruction of the temple. So very, very few people say it was totally written after the destruction of the temple. A lot of scholars say it's both hand rather than either or. Um, so there's this, this moment where you're expecting Jesus to be able to snap his fingers in the temple come back together, but ultimately that's not what happened. The temple doesn't come back together physically. Um, he has lit a spark amongst the people that could be metaphorical, right? The temple has been rebuilt in the people and the audience hearing this, but the temple itself is not back three days after it was destroyed. Um, it'd be interesting to know 
you know, to be a fly on the wall in Jerusalem as they're watching it, you know, fall down and into rubble underneath the uh, the fortress behind him, you know, as they're looking at the power of Rome, looking down upon um, the Temple of Jerusalem in its rubble. Um, if how many people were standing around waiting for it to just magically start creating itself. So I'm, I'm saying this to you and I'm preparing you for this because the gospel of Mark doesn't need a happy ending. <laughs> this, this is, this is the struggle that we have with homogenization of the gospels. The homogenization of the gospel says, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all together means that there's this happy moment and everybody's happy. They all walk away and everything's good. Uh, well, the second ending of the gospel of Mark didn't exist at the time of the audience that's hearing this. As far as we know, the second ending, it was even found on another scroll uh, with a different kind of like dialect than the original gospel of Mark, where Ultimately, they end up leaving in, in fear, which was probably more likely the case. Um, and so I, I say all this because even those of you that are on the recording, it's important to recognize when you when you break down the Gospels in this way and you and you study them in this manner. It's not all happy stories. It's very easy for us to minimize pain and suffering and grief because it makes us uncomfortable. And when you read the Gospel of Mark, it's okay to embrace that. Um, the temple is destroyed. Jesus has been killed. He is dead. Uh, he is going to rise from the grave, and we may or may not get to see him. There's going to be a small audience that gets to see him, but the rest of the group is does not. You know, remember we talked a, a lot about this over the last couple of weeks about the audience that was following Jesus everywhere. You know, you've got the feeding of the three thousand. You know, you've got you've got this huge group of people that are following Jesus everywhere that he goes, and interestingly enough, Mark kind of makes note that well. Where are they now? Here he is. He's been put on trial, which we would have never seen, right? The audience would have never seen that. Uh, they decide to crucify him in some weird way that does not make sense historically or anthropologically. Um, and now that he's been made as, and uh, the word I'm trying to think of is, He's an irritant to the Roman Empire. Um, he is trying to, um, he's like a terrorist. You know, there he's, he's, it's insurrectionist. That's the word I was thinking of. He's an insurrectionist at this point, but Rome him, themselves don't even see that. So they're like, okay, well, according to this, according to the Gospel of Mark, okay, let's kill him. We'll just keep the peace. So Mark spends a lot of time talking about, and, th and this is the part we didn't spend a lot of time on. 
the value and quality of life and the breath that we've been given to use that to the very last moment um, that Jesus does. And the image that Jesus creates for us is to live it to the to the fullest of your abilities, even in the midst of trauma, grief, and pain. I just I really appreciated Dr. Tausig spend I mean it was it was a long class, but for me to have that deep in-depth conversation, um I don't I don't think we're churches are usually comfortable with. Got to ride off in the sunset. Yeah, we got to ride. He's got to ride off in the sunset. No, I mean, collectively in yeah. our world today. No. Yeah. Before we start reading, mm -hmm. a quick question. Um, we ended last week, and James is the only man mentioned, mm -hmm. and it mentions several women. Yes. And then it mentions several. Or a lot of women, not yep. necessarily by name. Yeah, he, get, he, is that that's on purpose? Okay. Um, I think Salome is a woman. Not Salome. She uh, where did where did I go? My brain went. And it says mother or Mary, mother of James. Maybe James hasn't been introduced yet, but. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. He, we're going to get names a lot during the burial. So there was a. Uh, I think I've already told you all this. We've talked about this before, that there's a collection of women, at that time that were called Marys. They prepared bodies, um, for burial, and. Um, okay, I just I didn't know if there was something supposed to be there that I was missing. At that if time. The guys are all chickens. I mean, we already know that. No, they're, Mark they're, does they that on off. purpose. I, <laughs> I had this exact, now I know what you're asking. So yeah, no, the, Mark leads the guys out on purpose. These are the ones that were supposed to be his students. So they should have been there and they were not. They were in the Garden of Gethsemane and then they're gone. Um, That's on purpose. And it even says... Many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem were also there. So right. These are these are women that have followed him. Is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Not, yes. Not any different than the disciples, other than the disciples as this group or whatever. Now, I remember as you're saying this, I remember one of the the things that Doctor Tosik brought up was that it's a slam on the culture. Even the women showed up at his death, and they did not. The disciples did not. Even the women were there witnessing his death. I could see it from a different angle, though. I could see the men sending their wives because it wasn't safe for them to go, and they wanted to know what was going on. But they've abandoned their wives. They're they're in Galilee. So most of the disciples. And I, and I always wonder about that too, because there's a whole company of people that travel with Jesus. I assume some of them are probably the wisest of those guys. It's totally possible. Um, yeah. But Mark, I think Mark would have said that. I, I I hear what you're saying. I think I think Mark would have said that in this case. It clarified the Mary group that 
take care takes care of bodies. Mm -hmm. You said at the time, the time this was written, or the time Jesus died. Just anthropologically, that there was a group of women that were always known as Marys that took care of the bodies at, in time of burial. All it was a Jewish culture thing. Seems so like a so weird name to name your child, then to name your child that. Well, it just tells you what your person's going to do for their li their their living. So they could do that, but the priests, I mean. Well, we have Levites. We have other names of people that do things. I, I was just, you know. Touching the body. Touching the body. Right. I mean. <laughs> so Mary's get to touch the body. It's interesting. Martha's uh, are not mentioned. However. Oh, so that's why I'm wondering if this is a third century thing. because Or tent whatever when this was written. Because they took that name and honored these people afterwards. That's the reason I'm, I'm wondering. Oh, I see what you're saying. Did, were they called Marys before this? Yes. All these Marys went to the church. Yes, and Marthas them. were named that before this, too. So, for example, Marthas. So Mary and Martha might not have been their real names. Correct. It might have been just what they wanted to call them to identify with the group. And the audience would have known that this Mary has to do this, and <clears throat> this is why you named this person that, and Martha does that. Um there's there's a there's actually a lot of research done about this. Um, I'm trying to remember the name Handmaid's Tale. Have any of you watched or read the book? It's really graphic. So if you don't, don't worry. It's not going to be upsetting. But um, so for example, there's a lot of study done about Martha's being the ones that took care of the household, and Mary's were the ones that took care of the religious duties. So um, they were the ones that continued on in the book right in the book so mary's are the ones that take care of the babies martha's are the ones that take care of the household they can't they can't have children or or whatever else martha's are the one that participate in the doing of the rituals but the mary's are the ones that take care of the ritual itself so Anthropologically, we have bits and pieces of that was a cultural thing that took place all the way up until uh, probably the second century. I mean, once the temple's destroyed, all of it's gone. So, I mean, they they start over from scratch. All right. Well, let's get going. When evening had come. And since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. And then Joseph bought a linen cloth and taking down the body, wrapped it in a linen cloth, in the linen cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been honed out of the rock. Now, this is probably the, the image of the tomb that we get all the time. Because it then says, he then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body was. 
laid. Okay, so we talked about those tombs, right? The kind of the, the way that those are built. So um, the image that you all have had from ch childhood is this, it's this gigantic hole in the side of a mountain with a big old rock that's circular that would take a whole bunch of people to move and he'd roll this rock in front of it to keep out the wild animals. It blew me away. Yeah, that's that's a that image right there. That Rolling Stone is only three foot tall. <laughs> so that that image, yeah, that's the image that they have. Um, so if you've ever seen it, this is. But that's that's a very rare tomb. Most of them have. I think it was a common. Yeah, it's well, it's that's not, great. Not well, that's that's why commentaries are fun. Yeah, not common, but similar to most of the ones for the wealthy, like for the wealthy. And, and Joseph Mary would would have been wealthy, right? So only the only the ones that have it. So that tomb would have been probably three foot tall, and that stone would have rolled over. I mean, it's still heavy, stinking rock, right? You know. But inside there, there would have been more holes uh, honed out of the rock. So there, there would it had been like a mausoleum so that his entire family would have been there. And just like you find in the catacombs in Rome, and they just kind of kept burying bodies on top of each other. So you've got generations of your family inside the same um, plot, right? Like it's, it's kind of brilliant uses of this stuff. See, we see a problem with this practice right off the bat. It's not his family. I mean, but number one, it's not his family. So Joseph of Marathia does this beautiful gesture. Ultimately, it's, I mean, it's not his family. So ultimately, it'd be denying Jesus's family from seeing the body again. So now there's, now there's a, a, a denial of his family, but. I mean, that that's a side deal, but. What we've been taught, what we've learned from childhood, that it's a big opening and the angel is sitting in there. There's not going to be room for an angel. The Marys <laughs> went in there and dressed the body. There wasn't room to dress the body in. Then he walked out of the tomb, <clears throat> which I guess he could have shaken down, but <laughs> you know, it's not what, what we picture as, as childhood is not, in that kind of picture, is not <laughs> going to happen. Right. Well, and it could. I mean, like super wealthy families could have had that. Joseph Arimathea evidently is wealthy enough that we've named him. Member of the council. He's got to be a member of the council. So he's he's got loaded. He's loaded. Jesus is what? Religious wives? Jewish. And within 24 hours of his death, he's supposed to be what? Married. In the ground. Round, not in a tomb. Does anybody remember why? Just ashes. Ashes to ashes. Recycling. That's right. <laughs> is Joseph Arimathea? Is he Jewish? Well, not. Or he'd have to be if he was a member of the council. If he's a member of the council, he's supposed to be Jewish. So he was but wealthy Jewish. 
but wealthy Jewish, which is kind of an, was that an oxymoron? You, you got to be seen. This is where I was headed at. Yeah. The, the tombs are be seen for you to know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're a pay, uh, Arapagus. 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 That's right. Um, Everybody can see it. I'm a science teacher. A rock cave is earth. I understand, but for them, it's got to be earth because God put God's <laughs> hands into the ground and breathed life into dirt, like dirt. And they think they think visceral. I mean, they're an agrarian society. So there's already a little bit of a an interesting thing. So yes, there is this part where it's into the stone, um, out of the rock. Um, is it Petros there? Petros. And is and does it say up at the top his name Arimathea, verse 33, a respected member of the is that the uh, for Sanhedrin, or is it that P word? 33? 43. 43. It's not the word for Sanhedrin. Interesting. Sounds like the beginning of bureaucracy. Yeah, it. it I I just in my brain at a moment I was trying to remember something about that he it, it might not be a part of the Sanhedrin. Right, just as prominent member of the council. Could be Senate, could be my brain goes that the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is the ruling body. I mean, yeah. There's not like a another branch of government. Another council. Yeah. 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 Well, and then Rome would have had its own council going on in Jerusalem on top of the Sanhedrin. Like the Sanhedrin is just doing their own little thing. And you it's know, a slightly different direction. Maybe he's not Jewish. Yeah. As my commentary right. says, he's not. Commentary okay. says he's most likely not Jewish. So the burial would, would not. A Roman citizen who was in the council who had prominence in the community. Yeah, and it would make sense then if this author is putting this together in such a way to influence others to following Jesus, to say even Joseph of Arimathea, you know him, he's that guy on the council, he gave him one of his tombs. Said he was about to die. Mm -hmm. Who? Joseph. Does it say he was about to die? Uh, mine says... Uh... Who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God? I assume that means he's closer to death than some young guy. Or maybe he's a Roman waiting for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it has to do with with waiting for the kingdom of God, not death. Okay. In that particular instance, then he's sliding towards being a Christian. Yeah. Anyway, he's got money. He's, he's got money. He can afford the rock. And, and boldness because he went to Pilate. <laughs> and he did go to Pilate. Which may mean, again, that he's not Jewish. He's Possibly. either brave or he can approach Pilate. Remember, elite, there are no rules. 
you know, the, the multiple layer, layers of elite, they, they can do what literally ever they wanted to. If they had the ability to have money, I mean, he has the ability to bury family in a, in a, in a fancy tomb. It's, it's a weird thing. He possibly is higher than pilot, not position wise. He might just have money. Yeah. But yeah. That, that would elevate him status wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there is influencers that have more power than the governor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's end the first ending of the gospel of Mark. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, see now we're naming them and Salome bought spices, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe. Now, this is different already. Young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is a place that they laid him. Look, this. there is the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. <laughs> I love that part. Go tell his disciples. Oh, yeah. And Peter. That he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out. And fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid the end. That would have been where it ended. Um, yep, that would have been ended. Now, remember, the Gospel of Mark was also designed to be read in one sitting, uh, told in one sitting. So... Some scholars have said that this is a technique used to create emotion, and that would have been a Greek practice. You know, um, it would have been like for real to end it like that. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Back yeah. Back for the rest. Yeah, for real. Um, I can't remember the name of the Greek author of that exact century. When I was teaching theater, you know, you always talk about where did theater begin? Well, we have theater that goes all the way back to 5000 BCE, but Greek uh, theater is where you get your basic understandings. You know, you start thinking of stages and you start thinking of amphitheaters and amplification of voices and all of that. So the way that we write things is theatrical in everything that we do. So some scholars have said right here, this is where it ended as a theatrical uh, opportunity. Um, what does it say? to raise the emotions of listeners, encouraging them to act in faithful ways. However, ending on a further report failure by Jesus's followers, while consistent with much of the story has continued to be unsatisfactory. So what then happened is we found there was a shorter ending of Mark uh, that was written sometime after the third century. Um, it directly follows the gospel of Mark. 
chapter 16, verse 8, and starts at verse 9. Um, well, it, it, there was a, it, verse 8 continued. It said, and all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those around Peter. And afterward, Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west, the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. Is that what you guys have in your Bible? And that was should be the end, right? And then you'll you'll have another section that says the longer ending of Mark. What Bible do you have, Cindy? Uh, the, um, NRSV. Well, already then that would be why. <laughs> so the shorter ending of Mark was that's your bow. That would have been we found that probably written after the third century BC or uh, CE. The minute to be the end, it says amen. Yeah, then it meant, yeah, it said amen. Then um, we have for a fact the longer versions. Now, okay. Remember that we have multiple scripts of these, um, multiple versions of the Gospel of Mark. Um, <laughs> The, the verses 9 through 20 was most likely added to a copy of Mark sometime in the late 2nd or 3rd, the beginning of the 3rd century. It, it's not found on our earliest texts. Um, and it is composed of a mixture of elements from the other three Gospels. So this is why it's a problem. This verses 9 through 20 is a homogenization added, right? This is your gospel of John. John is created out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, Q, Thomas, um, Revelation to Peter. Um, all of these influences influenced the gospel of John. So this longer ending, verses 9 through 20, remember everything that we've talked about up to this point? It's getting ready to get blown out of the window from verses 9 through 20, theologically. Okay? Here we go. Now, after he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Wow. Okay. She went out and told those who had been with him. While they were mourning and weeping, when they heard that he was alive, and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. <clears throat> After this, he appeared in, in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country, and they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Later, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were sitting at the table, and he upbraided them for their lack of faith and stubbornness because they had not believed those who had saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe by using my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will speak, uh, they will pick up snakes in their hands and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. 
So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and proclaimed the good news everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that accompanied. There ends the longer ending of the gospel. Of Anybody have a, well, not a problem, but. He rode off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah with guns a-blazing. You will pick up snakes in your hand. A lot of people have done that stuff, evidently. Uh, actually, there's a whole movement of people in uh, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, that take that passage of scripture literally. I think some of them die, though. They, they do. <laughs> but but uh, that part doesn't work. When I when I've worked when I've worked with those groups, because when I was in uh, Craig County in Virginia, our church camp was was in the hills, and there's a it's called the Rock of Salvation Apostolic Temple, um, and they they were snake handlers, and you have to work with them because they're down the street from the camp. Um, what they would say is is that when someone would die from the snake handling, is is their faith wasn't strong enough because <laughs> this is this is supposed to be will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Somebody messed up. So obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, notice this is different. It's got baptism in it. It's got baptism. Though though we have seen baptism with John, mm -hmm. this is defined. Completely. Has Mark defined anything up until this point? No. At a girl. <laughs> he is notice that he, he talks about Mary Magdalene and cast out seven demons. Oh yeah, now go tell everybody. You do you do you see why it's important that when we separate? Okay, here's the short ending of Mark. We didn't need it a bow. This this is this is beyond anything that the gospel of Mark was trying to accomplish. See, my, my Bible makes a notation that alludes to this being added, but there's no ending. I mean, it starts, right. it starts at eight and immediately goes into nine. Right. So when you're talking about the previous ending, it just, it's it just kept going. Yeah. This is one of the easier ones to see where somebody's come back in and added stuff though. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, you talk about, you can tell the difference in the way things are the writer. I'll put it that way. So you, you said that the this ending that we just read, the ending, mm -hmm. it was um, put together from different, by put together from different people's perspectives. Is that kind of what you said earlier? Oh, I would and say... From different sources. From different sources. So um they they shared stuff all the time. Like it was it was complimentary for you to share things. If I wrote from the Gospel of Matthew, I would use stuff from Mark because it was complimentary and we all believed it. Um it would be like Marilyn talking about how she likes a specific type of chocolate. And then you would say, well, I also 
happen to like that particular type of chocolate. So you would write that down. We all liked that type <laughs> of chocolate. So that's, that's kind of how they did that. Matthew, Mark, Luke did it that way. Um, John uh, is kind of all over the place. That's why you know it's written by multiple authors. Um, John 14, verse 30, it, it just it just switches gears. Like, I mean, holy cow. And and it's and it's more than my mind has changed. Right? Like it's this is definitely somebody else writing. So if we do the the Marilyn and Kim experience, right? Marilyn says, I like chocolate because of this. And Kim says, I like chocolate because of this. And you guys write, well, we all like chocolate. At some point, Marilyn then goes into saying, yeah, but I really like milk chocolate. Milk chocolate is better this way because it's designed differently. And Kim says, well, I like dark chocolate because it's it's designed better. And so your gospel will say, well, we all like chocolate, but dark chocolate is the best. And then milk chocolate is even better. Do you see? So that was one of the differences between Matthew, Mark, and Luke that you started to see. And they all borrowed from Mark. Um, when do you think they somebody decided they needed a summary? Because, I mean, that's, that's what they've done. I mean, they've taken it and I won't say a summary. I'm back up. They've re-emphasized what happened they've, they've added to it they've made it more basic powerful they didn't but, like that but, short end i mean yeah. they didn't like that brief ending these maybe are the, maybe, maybe even in the early tradition they felt like not all of mark's writing is there maybe these they they their oral tradition is that there was more to it than this but if we can't find it written down so we're going to add it <laughs> oral tradition not not that they'd seen it written anywhere i mean having heard it from the other story the other gospels talked about the the, the great commission and going out and whatever um well this is the ending is more longer than normal oral traditions they restate and restate and restate when they're and you're instituting things telling stories you've got casting out demons uh he's a he's appeared to walking in front of them to two of them as they were walking into the country. Uh, so you've got an Emmaus story. He then commissions them. So these are institutions that have been created. And then there's baptism involved. The part that's interesting to me is somewhere around verse 14. Uh, some of your versions should have said something about Satan. Um, the rule of Satan, which happens i don't remember what the term was it used to say therefore reveal your righteousness uh thus they spoke to christ and christ spilled, replied to them the term of years of satan's power has been fulfilled but other terrible things draw near and for those who have sinned i was handed over to death that they may return to the truth and sin no more that they may inherit it the spiritual and the imperishable glory of righteousness that is in heaven. That was another version of verse 14 that somehow obviously doesn't make it into our canon in any way, shape, or form. So there's... So are they pulling from... Obviously, they're pulling from other sources. 
it's just what I I don't know how many places it says speaks in tongues. And this is mm. not there. I mean Paul mentions it in Acts. Yeah, yeah. Will I speak in the tongues of men said anything? Uh, that would be in 17. In my name, they will drive out demons and they would speak in new tongues as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're they're alluding to things that now they're all wrapped up again. All wrapped up is what I'm trying to say is they're, they're bringing things in from other areas that you've seen and do the other you know, John will do yeah, John doesn't really talk about. Well, no, I mean, I mean, as far as John's gathering everything and summarizing, yeah, and this is this is the way it is. Yeah, um, I guess Matthew and Luke are written to different sources, so they're they don't get pull stuff in. It's not part of their story, right? I mean, this seems to be pulling stuff in that. Oh, by the way, this was left out, which is. And the interesting thing is, is we don't know who that is. Like Mark's audience all the way up until this point was pretty obvious, right? They're, they're dealing with stuff. This audience, well, evidently somebody's speaking in tongues. Evidently somebody's picking up snakes. Evidently they're instituting commissioning services. Um, people are casting out demons. Um, Every single one of my professors talk about the second century as the, oh my goodness, what is going on century. Because as soon as the temple is destroyed, just Christianity goes nutso. They, you know, we talk about the way there was like 70 different ways. Um, you, you talk about, well, there were scriptures being written. Yeah, there was. There was 66 books written in between the first and third century. We know that. We know we found them, right? So it's not like we've we're reinventing the wheel. So but from the year 200 on to 300 you're going, what in the world is going on in the name of Jesus? And here's your proof. <laughs> right? Like this this is like what is what is going on cuz Mark up until this point never talked about that stuff. Even Paul all struggles with glossalia, um, the speaking in tongues thing. Pagans did that. Pagans spoke in tongues. Yeah. Paul, Paul um, talks about glossalia in the sense of somebody speaking in tongues, but somebody's got to be able to interpret it. Um, even Luke struggles with it when he talks about it at the time of Pentecost when the tongues of fire get above their head and they all start speaking in other people's languages. That other people understood. That other people understood. I was going to say, if you were possessed demons. Right. And even... You wouldn't understand what they're saying. So. Exactly. And Mark even comments on the fact that the demons recognized Jesus. So what in the world is going on here in the second century is is what they should have said instead of the longer ending of Mark. <laughs> do you, and this is just you personally, do you think that this was added? So, and I'm going to, I'm going to put John in there. Do you think this was added to the, uh, 
to legitimize some of the things that they're copying. You know, since John is a collection establishing the church, that's my interpretation of John. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's definitely establishing the church. You're, you're gathering several different sources. <laughs> this is why we do things. That should be done. You have to have that from somewhere. You know, you might, I don't know. You can or can't work because you can't. No one knows who Q is. So <clears throat> you could say something and I could say something completely opposite and we both quote Q and no one can argue. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no there's no Q that you could find and pick it up and say, uh -huh. I guess what I'm trying to say is since John's collecting all of this and he's going to use Matthew, Mark, and Luke and other sources, then it has to be in Matthew, Mark, and Luke and other sources. Oh, I see what you're saying. Did they add it so that it would legitimize it for the gospel of yeah. John? I'm I, not saying that in a bad way. It's no, no, I see what you're saying. in John, you can put it back in a different one. And now, well, look, you know, we know Mark was written 100 years before 200, pick a number. We know that Mark was written before, so we can use that as a source that's closer. Back to you again. The answer that I'm going to have to give you, Robert, is this, I don't know. I mean, my professors would say, I don't know what they would say. Uh, basically, when I was in school and all the research that I've done about the Gospel of Mark says from 9 to 20, we don't know what's going on. We don't know why it was added. We don't know who added it. We don't. And, and we know that we have multiple versions of the Gospel of Mark. And this happens to be one. And that one about Satan happens to be one. And then the earliest texts that we have of the gospel of Mark stopped at the verse at verse eight. And it was, and then it said, amen, like it was done. Like there was no more. Um, so that it's, well, we kept it though. We the kept collectively, it. whoever we is, the different councils accepted yeah. it and said, yes, this is the way. They did say this is the way. So we're, uh, so talking about Matthew and Mark, Matthew has a different understanding of the resurrection story. Um, Mark Marks is extremely different. Um, I think as we kind of close, what are some things that stick out to you all in this? For me, it just it's amazing, and I don't neither one of them, and it always has been how. Um, the disciples just didn't have really anything to do with Jesus once he got to the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> the very end, it's like, yeah, I understand why it could possibly be, but to me, it really doesn't show faith in him. It doesn't show a um, <laughs> commitment. I don't know what 
that's not really the word I want to use, but a commitment to who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no trust. <laughs> just they just kind of left him on his own. So they're too human. It's to me a difference. It's hard. I think Jesus becomes a little bit more human than divine. Not less divine, but acknowledges more that he he's a he is human. Which anyway. They one thing they don't acknowledge, or maybe it's just me that doesn't acknowledge it in Mark, they don't acknowledge that the young man is an angel in there. My brain instantly says, well, he's an angel, but they don't call him that. Yeah. Remember, Mark also has the, the young man running around naked. There's another young young man that is at the garden. There's not, there's this young man all the way through it. Some of us, I, I I've heard preachers say, well, it's Mark. Well, okay. I just... And, and the only thing I'm saying there is, is, I think, back to, I think Mark makes Jesus a little bit more human. Yes. And maybe a lot more human. But, I mean, there's, there's you know, we, we mentioned that, you know, there's, the crucifixion is, is more detailed in what happens in it. I think it's interesting in both versions how important the women are in the story. Mm-hmm. They're primary characters. They don't abandon. They don't leave. Even after his death. And Pam said earlier the men would be afraid, but I don't think the the Romans were equal killers. Mm-hmm. I don't think because they were women that they would have been less likely to kill them if that had been their whatever they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. There's a different side, kind of a different side of the Romans. Yep. Mark shows respect for women. Well, I, I mean, if there's not a whole lot more to say, it's fine. We don't have to say anything else. I just wanted to give you space to kind of process that because Matthew and Mark, you know, if I had done this differently, I, no, I think I like I like reading it this way because Matthew is one of the versions that we normally talk about, but Mark is the one that we use for Good Friday, so it's it's our Good Friday service. Um, so I made a note back when we were reading that to you that how Jesus died was less of 
Oh, good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because he just, oh, and then he, they killed him and then stuck him on a hill. Yeah, that's definitely a big difference. reading here back here said Joseph brought it on feet of linen. Is that Joseph? Is that his friend? Joseph? No, Joseph that's the rich guy. Joseph of Arimathea. I just had a thought that I had never had before. At the, at the Gethsemane, Jesus prayed to God to lift this cup from him. And Jesus, when they, when Joseph of Arimathea went to claim the body, uh, Pilate couldn't believe that he was dead already because they don't die that quickly. Normally, on the, on the cross, the other two guys had had their legs broken in order for them to die. It usually takes days. So, did Jesus answer the prayer? Get answered, and Jesus, God took the cup from him. He didn't allow him to suffer for as long as you can when you've been crucified. Were the, were the other two prisoners, were they beat like, of course we don't know, it doesn't say, but were they beat like Jesus' beat? Did they have to carry their cross to them? I mean, Jesus went through a lot before he went to the cross. Did the other? In Mark. In Mark. So we don't know, I mean, we think his body was a little bit moving. Well, I don't want to leave on a, a morose moment, <laughs> but I do want us to, to remember that the goal of these Bible studies is to talk about the resurrection. The resurrection took place in the Gospel of Mark. It just wasn't um, Hollywoodized. You know, there was there was beauty in, in the moment that took place. It's very simplistic in the way that he rose from the grave. Where Matthew focuses very little on his death, the Gospel of Mark says, of course he rose from the grave. Why aren't you looking for him? Matthew is saying, okay, he was dead, but now you all need to be looking for him. And look at all these great things that are going to take place. We're going to send you out into the world. Mark is like, we ran away and hid, but that's because we should be looking for Jesus everywhere we go. So it's, it's, it's kind of a cool way to do it. Uh, so next time we pick up, we'll pick up with the Gospel of Luke, and uh, let let me stop the recording. Yeah, how different is Luke? Um, very different. <laughs>